Hi. Hi. <laughs> hey, everyone. We're recording from home. Ugh, I know. This is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. Tour is over, and we're back in our own homes. You're back with Leia. I am. She's eating plants. I heard you talking to her. She has not stopped purring since I got back, and it is the cutest thing in the freaking world. She missed you. I know she did. <laughs> That's so sweet. Also, we are your ghostesses. That's Corinne in the puffer vest. Hello. And I'm Sabrina. Yes. Why did I stutter over my own name? <laughs> what is my name again? Sabri- Sabrina. Yeah. Sabrina. I am, well, it's winter now. I skipped over fall because we were on tour. So I wasn't here during fall, really. But it's winter now. And it is cold outside. And it is cold in the sunroom. My house is in no condition for me to record anywhere in there because there's no like rugs or furniture. So it's so echoey. You'll get there winter winter recordings for the next couple months and then eventually you'll have your office with all of the little goodies and gifts that our listeners gave us on the tour on your bookshelves behind you as you record and it's going to be your dream recording studio i know i'm gonna go shop for a lot of like antiques and stuff because i think more than just like having tchotchkes i think i have pictured in my mind having a bunch of antique frames where I frame all the like artwork in letters and cards people give us. And I think that's going to be more of my like shelf vibe. I love that. Spooky. So I'm excited to do that. You might be bringing home some haunted objects. That's the gamble. We got teeth. We did. Delena <laughs> gave us teeth collected from the woods. Yes. But back to your regular, regularly scheduled programming, man, it's going to take a minute to like words readjust and be able to speak again because we both got in last night. Should I go first? Yeah. Okay. Because you guys are haunted AF. I have, <laughs> of course, typical me. I didn't pick nice and lovely ones. I picked spooky ones. <laughs> and would, would it be any other way? No. No. This is normal. No. Tor has not changed you at all. <laughs> no. If anything, it made it made everything worse. <laughs> uh, we have so much to talk about about Tor. We're doing a like a whole full episode about our, our Tor experience, which is coming out. It might, I don't know, relative to this episode, but it's coming out soon. So if you have questions about Tor, if you want to know anything about Tor, we'll cover all of that there because it might be a little bit of a therapy session too. <laughs> okay. All right, let's let's settle down. Okay, a ghost story from our listener, Sarah, accompanied by cat purrs. This is called Sixth Sense. Might need tips on not getting possessed. Cool, cool, cool. Hmm. Hello, ladies. I spoke about my family's long line of having a sixth sense in an email I wrote about a couple years ago. In that email, I spoke about the creepy house my sisters and I lived in that was located in DeVille, Louisiana. I think that's how you say it. Or DeVille. DeVille with the French influence <laughs> devil honestly since then i've asked them about their experiences and they have all confirmed as much we also opened up more about what we currently see or deal with we all on a regular basis either feel see or know what something wants our mom has also become more open to knowing that she is blessed with this gift and has kindly passed it on to all of us so you can read both of these stories on the podcast recently we have had a shadow visit us Immediately after I bought my daughter an antique bed. Corinne, antiques. Okay, but I have a rule against antique beds. I feel like I see them all the time on Facebook Marketplace and there's some beautiful headboards and I'm just like, I cannot bring myself to buy one of those. Freaks me out. Also, like what kind of stuff did it see, you know? Yeah, death. 
My daughter saw it first and it scared her so bad. And then my son saw it a few nights after, but he had no idea about my daughter having seen it. So I told them to ask it not to scare them and to kindly go away that they do not want to see it and then to say a prayer. So far, they've yet to see it again. My sister a month later came into town and she ended up having those gross goosebumps and hair raising up her neck and the feeling of someone watching her while in my daughter's room. Not dangerous or scary, but more of like, oh, well, hello there. So she grabbed the things that she needed and ran to the living room. She asked if I had seen it or if I felt anything lately. And I told her that I was thankful to finally be in a home with nothing that bothered us. She chuckled and said, well, okay, then I do think Sadly, something has decided to intrude upon those plans of yours. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Last thing you want to hear. Yeah, seriously. Actually, though, it's good to be warned, right? Yeah, true. Once she told me what happened, I told her the kids had the same thing happen and had seen a spirit, but that it hadn't been a while. And at this point, I still have yet to see or hear anything. And then about two or three weeks later, my mom was over waiting for us to get home and she was washing a few dishes. She got the same feeling that my older sister got, like something was watching her and she slowly turned around and there was a shadow person just standing there on the other side of the kitchen island. She just said, okay, turned around, ignored it, continued washing her dishes. That's so freaky because it's so close. Like, I think I, I view shadow people as like being further away or darting between rooms or something, but to just be standing there in such close proximity, that freaks me out. Yeah. She continued washing the dishes, but felt like the thing was still there. So she turned back around because that feeling never left her that someone was watching her. She also did not know about the other experiences. And then she told me about what happened that night and I cleansed and cleared my home. I had to ask whatever it was to leave or cross over. And since then, so far, no more shadow ghosty. But my life is never far from being out of the clear. Right when I think things are normal, something happens and I have to laugh because, ha, what is normal? I decided to take an overnight sitting gig for my friend's boyfriend's mentally handicapped aunt. I immediately felt uncomfortable in her home, but brushed it off as being nervous, but I should know better by now. Yeah. First night, I slept in the guest bed that was in the same room as the aunt, and I automatically felt dread, an unwelcome feeling and sadness. I put on my happy music and I tried to sleep. I kept waking up every two hours through the night. At one point, I saw something standing at the end of my bed and I think, oh shit, here we go again, another shadow person. So I turned on my phone light, nothing was there. This happened again and I was just like, I can't. So I fell back to sleep. I told the other sitter about it and she said that in order to fall asleep, she has to watch something like a show or something on her phone. The other sitter also has to sleep with her phone flashlight on because she gets so scared. Oh my gosh. But both ladies are not spiritually in tune from what I know. They just feel uneasy as well, which to me is a clear indication that something is off. I mean, that's worse. Yeah. That's, that's way worse. It's like any regular person comes in and is totally freaked out. That means it's so strong, whatever weird energy there is, that no matter if someone's sensitive or not, everybody's scared. Seriously. Well, now I also feel so bad for this woman who's sleeping in this room all the time in dealing with this creature or whatever it is. I know. I decided I am no longer going to sleep in there and whatever it was does not want me in the room or in that portion of the house. So I decided to start sleeping on the couch whenever I stay. The lady I'm watching has questioned me on why I sleep on the couch, but I make excuses every time. I think it almost upsets her that I don't like sleeping in the bedroom, but I finally got the gumption up this week to tell my friend what's been going on in her aunt's house. And 
I asked her if she had an old caretaker or someone who was very protective over her. She didn't know of anyone or anything. She brought it up to her boyfriend to see what he might know. And he actually chuckled and was like, well, this isn't funny because it's crazy that Sarah is feeling this because my aunt was actually possessed and had an actual exorcism performed on her when she was a young child and kid. Are you kidding me? So there you have it, ladies. I am watching a lady who may or may not have a demon detachment. All I know is I need to protect myself and I've decided to continue to help watch her until things get too overwhelming for me. But hopefully I will see you gals on the other side, Sarah. Oh my gosh. I'm like jaw on the floor right now. That is so, that makes me feel even worse for this woman. Like she cannot escape. It's not like you can move her out of this room or out of this place and everything gets better because whatever it is, it's coming with her. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Well, now I also want to know the story about the exorcism and like what led to that and why. And clearly it didn't work if something's still attached. They need to exercise the space again, clearly. Like everyone's picking up on it. People need to do regular cleanings of the space. And if it doesn't get rid of it, so be it. But at least I think, in my opinion, it will slow it down, right? Like it won't let it build up. You kind of keep kicking it down, kicking it down, keeping at this lower level of activity. At least that's like... In my childhood home, that's how it would happen. It's like if we let things for for too long, they would fester and things would get stronger and then there would be a negative energy. But if we cleared things out a little bit more regularly, it would kind of be at a base level with just the positive spirits nearby. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's difficult too because it's like, it's hard because with something like this, like will cleansing even help or will it aggravate the spirit? Because if it's been attached to this woman for so long i just imagine like the power that it has i know that's the tough part about things like this it's like there's a thing you can do to try to make it better but it's like there's also a chance that that makes it worse which is such a horrible it is option it is that it's just you're kind of taking a chance Wait, okay. Can I tell you something? So last night I was unpacking and I have the REM pod from our tour and I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to turn it on and like see if there's a ghost in my place. And I had it sitting out for maybe an hour. Not once did it go off. Not once. Even more proof of what's been happening when we were on tour. Because some venues, dead silent. Other places, wild inactivity. Nothing. Not a peep. Not even a temperature change. Well, that's good. Yeah, there's nothing here. I know. You were like, oh, take the equipment and put it all on display and turn it on while we record, Corinne, behind you. And I was like, no. Well, I said we both do it. I didn't say just you. (laughs) At first, you that's why you took the REM pod, because at first you were like, oh, turn the REM pod on. And I was like, no, (laughs) no. My one rule for my house, I'm not doing anything in here. Whatever's here can stay here. Yeah, you're talking about it already. (laughs) I know, but I'm not like actively inviting them to come do things and hang out near me. We're just coexisting right now. Okay. I'm not like gather around the campfire, everyone. Come over here. You just don't. Yeah. Show and tell now. Talent show. It's a little bit of like you can be here, but I don't want to necessarily know that you're here. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. I will. Once we get like a because in the next year, we're going to be looking at our recording spaces and trying to like get a space set up where like for video and stuff, I will find like a shelf and I'll have it like behind me. I'll have the REM pod set up during recordings. Okay. We'll see what happens. Oh, that's going to be, are you going to freak out though if it goes off? Yeah, absolutely. 
Because I feel like you would get more scared during the live shows when it would go off. Absolutely. And now I'm not there. You can't sit on my lap <laughs> anymore. Well, that just the rule does have to be we record during daylight hours and we just set intentions. And I also feel like where I am right now, like there are only like really positive spirits. And the amount of times we were told during tour, like that we have protective entities around us. Like I really do feel safe and I'm not necessarily like being like, oh, hey, I'm not pulling a Zach Bagans and I'm not being like, hey, demons come at us. I think I think I'm more curious. This is a scientific experiment. We are spending so much time talking about paranormal entities and telling ghost stories that I'm so curious if ghosts come and visit while we're telling them. Yeah. What would you do if it went off? And then when we were looking back at the video, you just saw like as you were looking at the REM pod, just a face peek into your video frame. I would be like, this is so cool. Let's post this everywhere on the internet and get famous. Proof. Proof. But then there's going to be articles like two girls, one ghost, like debunked, hoaxes, blah, blah, blah. Because that's exactly how it always happens, right? And that's fine. I'm the biggest hoax of them all. Because we believe and we would know. And that's that's what matters. Yeah. Okay. I have an email. This is from Devin. It's called Pittsburgh Ghost Stories. Oh. Hey, ghouls. I've been listening for a long time now, but writing in for the first time. I found you about two years ago and was instantly hooked. About a year and a half ago, I decided to end my marriage with an abusive husband, and for several months, I binged your show to help me get through it. So thank you for the laughs and the spooks when I needed it the most. I have many ghost stories to tell you, but this email would be way too long if I included all of them, so here's just a few for now. I grew up in a 100-year-old haunted house. It is also worth noting that before we moved in, it was an antique shop. We would experience everything from the ghosts of our past cats running by to shadow figures looming in the corners. Ooh. Some encounters were no big deal and started to feel normal due to the frequency, but others were rather frightening. This reminds me of my house almost where it's like, there's the regulars, there's the things that happen and you're like, whatever happens every day. Mm -hmm. And then there's some things that just like stay with you forever. Yeah. <laughs> Which is scary because it's like, you never know what you're going to get. Right. <sighs> That's why I'm not going to awaken anything in this house. Okay. Okay. The room I shared with one of my older sisters was one of the worst parts of the house. Weird shit happened up there all the time. We slept in what was considered the main suite, but let's be real, it was the attic. We would experience the lights flickering all the time, but if you told it to stop, it would. Things would disappear, and then they would reappear in strange places, but the worst was when a little girl would appear. Oh. She most frequently would show up at the foot of our beds in the dead of night and just stare at us. Years later, my little sister moved up there, but the two beds remained and she would often wake up and see the same little girl lying on the other bed. Lying on the other bed. <gasps> yep. Sometimes staring directly at her. <sighs> <laughs> she would set off the toys like Furbies and talking dolls in the middle of the night. One night, the talking doll wouldn't stop talking. So my sister got up to take the batteries out, but there were no batteries. Stop. No. The feeling we got when she was around was not a good one. We've always assumed she was something much darker than she appeared. Yeah, like a demon, because most little kid ghosts are. One Christmas, one of my sisters was gifted a camera. So, of course, she opened it up, she set it up, and then she started taking pictures of everyone while we opened gifts and we socialized. A few days later, she decided to download them all onto the computer. And as she's looking through, 
she comes across one of my grandmother sitting on the chair and my little sister sitting at the footrest in front of her. But there's a shadow figure behind them both. The figure was pitch black and behind the chair entirely. So it wasn't someone else's shadow. This is exactly what you were just explaining happening in a, like a our scenario recording. Yes. It appears to be a young girl with long hair and her arm is above her head and bent in an unnatural position. My sister printed it out and she spent some time attempting to debunk it, but nothing made sense. Eventually, the printed image disappeared and every time we re-download it to the computer, the computer crashed. This happened multiple times. That's when you know it's demonic because it's like it does not want anyone to see it. No, and it's putting in a ton of effort to make sure nobody ever does. So much. Unfortunately, the image has been lost to time, but the story still frequently is talked about within my family. It is our assumption that after years of seeing her in our room, we finally captured her on camera, but she didn't want us to see her or to see whatever she really is. Okay, one last story. In high school, I dabbled in Wicca and I had a friend that did as well. For Salmon, we decided to go to her house out in the middle of nowhere and hold a little ritual for good fortune for the upcoming year. We hung out for a few years and we smoked a little weed. We had a good time. And then at the witching hour, we went out into the woods and we held our ritual. I started to feel anxious that we were being watched, but I wrote it off as just being a little bit paranoid from smoking. So we wrap up, we pack up our stuff. We started to head back to the house when the feeling intensified. As we were walking back, I saw from the corner of my eye, a huge dark figure, at least seven feet tall, coming from deeper in the woods at an alarming pace. No. As I turn to face it head on, not believing my own eyes, the intense feeling of fear washes over me. My friend saw it too and immediately yelled for me to run. So I did. I ran like hell for what felt like an eternity. Then we locked ourselves in the house. We peered out the window into the woods. And as we did, we saw a dark shadow slip back into the woods where we had just come from. After talking about it, we determined that my friend had been feeling the same way that I did, but she didn't want to scare me. So we both saw the same figure coming towards us. <laughs> it was one of the most terrifying experiences of my life thus far. Also, I just wanted to tell you, you guys were fantastic last night in Pittsburgh. I'm so glad you were able to make it despite your travel ordeal, which was us, our second connecting flight being canceled and us having to rent a car at 5 a.m. and drive from Canada to Pittsburgh. <laughs> Crazy. Also, the little sister mentioned in my story happened to be the person that tied the blindfold for Sabrina last night. Oh, thank you. I hope you can enjoy Pittsburgh a bit before heading out on your way. Safe travels, Devin. Okay, well, that shadow racing towards you in the woods is terrifying. It's so scary. It kind of reminds me of the chilling adventures of Sabrina, doesn't it? Like the rituals in the woods and the creatures coming out. I'm in the woods just generally. And then I was like, well, is this a bad creature? Is this just something that's misunderstood? Here's the thing. If you don't want to be misunderstood, maybe don't charge towards people <laughs> in the woods. <laughs> I know, especially when you have this like large, like, you know, you're seven feet tall. You know, you're bigger than who you're running at. You know, you're scary. So maybe it was meant to be scary. Yeah. I don't love that. No. I also am so curious about this demon girl. And I cannot imagine waking up and like, you know, you're sleeping, you open your eyes and in the bed next to you is a freaking little girl staring at you. Another girl just staring at you, unblinking. Can I possess you yet? Oh, <gasps> and then I'm almost picturing her arm just like up and unnaturally like cranked and bent. 
creepy. I am double jointed, so. Me too. I can bend it back a little bit. Can't really tell with my sweatshirt, but you can do it a little too. Yeah. Bent arm gals. Maybe that's what, when we die, we'll just walk around with bent arms and everyone will be like, I don't know why she has the bent arm. Can't explain it, but this ghost that resides here and <laughs> all the theaters across America just continues to show up with bent arms. And it's just us being like, look what I can do. Look what I can do. Yeah. Our only trick. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to think like, I'm the wiggling ear ghost. Cause that was my fun fact when we first met is that I can wiggle my ears, which is the most lame fun fact in the world. I can do it too, but a lot of people can't. So it's not that lame. Some people can't do it. I know. I can also do it. Which is weird because it's not really wiggling your ears. It's just moving the back of the skin on your skull back and forward, back and forward, which is creepy. We are creepy people. Yeah. Okay. I have another email. This is from and it's called, man, this is a full one. Okay. Crazy people cursed us and black magic, angels and demons disguised as birds. What? Okay, I'm ready for this. I don't think we've ever received an email like this. I think we have. (laughs) Have we? Angels and demons disguised as birds? I guess we haven't, not necessarily the birds, but we've like the owls and we know that demons or spirits can appear in different forms. Okay. Okay. Hello, beautiful ghostesses. I hope this insanely spooky story finds you well. I'm warning you. It's a crazy one. Great. We're ready. A year ago, my boyfriend and I were taking odd jobs together and helping people move. So there was this couple in their 60s who really needed help organizing, packing their stuff, etc. We spent three days with them because their move was scheduled in three days from then and nothing Not a single thing was prepared yet. They are moving across the province of Quebec in Canada to 10 hours away. So right away, some weird things started happening while we were with them. I was packing boxes with the lady and she asked me to come with her into another room where she pressed play on a YouTube video. All of a sudden, a Christian song played by an orchestra starts playing. And then she just stands there in like a trance or something, saying nothing, just watching the video. So I'm like, oh, this is beautiful, but I do need to get back to packing. We have a lot to do. And then she asked me for a favor. She says, could you please make something creative for a Christian theater act? I have a text that needs to be framed. It needs to be beautiful and stay forever in history. I said, yeah, I could probably just print text with some pretty angelic frame. And she was like, okay, I'll pay you for it. So I said, why not? Remember this. It's important. Okay. Anyway, we go back and continue to pack their stuff. But while my boyfriend was working outside in their garage, they kept talking to me about so many personal things, preventing me from continuing my work. For example, they told me this really sad story, trigger warning, suicide, about their deceased daughter who had died by suicide 10 years ago because her boyfriend was really mean to her. I offered them my condolences and then I went into their room to pack things in boxes. And then I noticed that there was salt by every single window. And I asked them just curiously why they did that. They told me very simply, very plainly, it's the best thing to keep the demons away. Okay. (laughs) Is that just because... You heard that? Or is that because there are actively demons trying to get in? I need to know because I feel like those are really big differences. Yeah. A preventative measure or defense? 
I also found pieces of paper with protection prayers everywhere. In general, these people seemed really, really scared, drained, lost, and confused. It all began to make me feel really weird, but I'm not easily scared and I'm a very down-to-earth person. So a little later, we go outside and have a little break on the patio, and my boyfriend and I made a comment about the birds singing and flying from tree to tree in front of their house. We said something like, wow, this is so beautiful. There were, and this is no exaggeration, at least 200 to 300 birds. They were there for the whole entire three days, singing very loud, flying from tree to tree. We thought nothing of it. We were just like, this is beautiful and nice. Later, when I was packing, the lady told me, these birds are trying to attack me. If I step outside my house, they attack me and try to make me have a car accident. What? It was then that I realized this woman was in some type of psychosis. Her husband then passed by her while we were watching the birds through the window and told her, they, the birds, really think we don't know what they are, but they're nagging us and we know. Oh, so together they're experiencing this. Oh, yeah. This couple is experiencing a lot and they fully believe they are being attacked. So turns out this couple really believed the birds were demons. When I had the chance, I went to my boyfriend and took him to the side and told him there is a very, very big problem here. Later, the lady told me, I lied to you. My daughter didn't really commit suicide because of her boyfriend. It was because she was a demon. Satan made me pregnant with her. She was evil. No, 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 no. This is, this is not okay. I started to freak out. And then at that same moment, she passes me the urn of her daughter's ashes and tells me that I remind her of her daughter. Uh, Which parts? The parts that were demonic or the parts that were loving and beautiful and childlike? This couple, like, I'm concerned there's like lead poisoning or something in this house. I know, seriously, because they're both, it seems like they're both fully in it, which is so terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, I want them to get help immediately. Well, then this is interesting too, because says the more we were with them, the more I felt drained, lost and confused. It was like my energy was being sucked out of me little by little. When the movers got there, the couple asked me, there's a painting of our daughter in the basement. She is naked and we don't want the movers to see that and make a comment. Could you please grab it and hide it? So I hurried to the basement to look for the painting. As soon as I found it, I wrapped it in a blanket and put it with the boxes. They told me that I looked a lot like her, and I tried to change the subject, but they kept telling me stuff about her and about the demons on the outside. They said all the animals around their house were demons and were conspiring against them. Like, what? Then, in order to pay us, they needed to go to the bank, and the lady asked me to drive her there. In the car, she started sobbing and telling me that they will be riding to their new house 10 hours from there, and all of the birds and the elements of nature will be attacking them and trying to crash their car and kill them. At this point, I am so drained, unfocused, my brain is all fogged up, and I did not feel like myself. I had a hard time driving. I tried to bring her back down to earth by rationalizing things, and it did not work. She then told me that the reason they were moving was that God asked her to move to this house 10 hours away to practice a ritual with the ocean and the sand there. What the fuck? She also told me that her other daughter was the child of God and she had one daughter that was evil and one who was an angel and that her angel one was now in the sky battling alongside the archangels. She said that the reason she needed to frame the text she asked me for in the beginning was because she needed to make a big ritual and that we will be hearing of her in the news everywhere. This is super alarming. This is very sad. And I really need to know what happened to help these people. There's still there's still more. She said that she needed the frame text so that people knew what the ritual was 
for the good of humanity and that it needed to be remembered forever. There was never a Christian theater act. She lied to me. And at this moment, I obviously decided I would never frame this text for her and I would not wait for all of this to be done. I truly thought maybe we should call the police, but honestly, it was too much for me at the moment and I didn't really think that they would be physically hurting someone, but maybe they were just crazy or something. When they were ready to move and everything was set, they asked us to come visit them at their new house someday. They made jokes about putting my boyfriend in the cooler to bring him with them. My man did not hear any of the weird things that they said before, so he took this joke kind of just like a weird joke. When they left, they were stressed out. The lady was sobbing in the car. It was such a dark, low vibe. We watched them drive away, standing in front of their house, and I felt empty, just empty. I was unable to put a thought after the other. I wasn't able to speak normally. It was like I was gazing into the distance, seeing the world through a foggy, dark lens. My boyfriend started to worry about me, and I told him everything I could, and he was just in shock. I truly couldn't put a foot in front of the other without feeling like I was going to pass out. I took a breather and we started to talk and walk slowly around their house because they told us that we could take whatever they left, veggies in their greenhouse, etc. We then saw there were circles of big quartz rocks on their properties. And when we looked at the trees where before there were 300 birds, remember, for three days straight, we looked at these trees. There was not a single bird, not one. I'm so confused. All of them were gone. We had chills and we were in total shock. They were all gone. They left with this couple. How is that possible? During our car ride home, I sent voice memos to my sister telling her everything and trying to laugh about it just to help me see it in a funny way and take all the darkness away. But that night, I had the most horrifying nightmare. It was just a feeling of dark and cold, like a strong, heavy presence that was tormenting me. Our cat was growling and hissing all night, nonstop. I could not force myself to stand up and see what was going on. I was in a half-asleep, half-awake state, frozen. My boyfriend told me that our cat was hissing in the middle of the apartment, not looking out the window, so it wasn't like it saw an animal outside. It was in the middle of our apartment, hissing, howling at nothing. In my nightmare, I saw myself joking about all of this with my sister and her friends, and all of a sudden, the keyboard of my cell phone became blurry and an evil ghost face came through my keyboard, mixing up all the letters, forbidding me from talking about it any further. And then I saw in my nightmare, my sister and all of my friends' faces start melting like wax. That morning, I sobbed and asked my boyfriend to hug me tight and I told him everything. I told him that there was for sure a presence and I knew it was not just a dream and that our cat felt it too. He tried to reassure me, not sure if he believed it or not, but moments later, we received a call from someone in his family who was very sensitive to these things, and she told us that she was awake all night, trying to be present with me at a distance, trying to feel what was going on because she felt like something very dark was trying to get a hold of us, mostly oh my on me. She said <sighs> her cats were awake all night with her too, staying close. So from across the country, she sent me a prayer and was reciting it over and over with a picture of a saint who has always helped her and protect her. This saint also told her in her heart that he would be protecting us too. So I took a moment, very present and focused. I lit a candle and incense and asked this saint to protect me as well. I recited the prayer, which is a Christian prayer with all of my heart. And I asked forgiveness to God and to this soul, which I assume is the soul of their deceased daughter for making jokes with my sister about the situation. I'm sure there is some dark stuff here, something hidden that maybe people were hurt because of their psychosis state and their actions and or their dark magic spells and rituals. I promise to never make fun of them or talk about them in that way. 
though I'm really just scared right now because I'm telling you this story. I hope she, this daughter, and all of them know that I'm being respectful. I wish them to find the light, the love, and the closure that they needed. I asked them to forgive me and to let me go, and I prayed loudly that they leave me alone with the power of God and Jesus. I really wasn't a believer, but since then, my faith has evolved because the curse ended and I felt all of the dark energy leave me and I felt complete peace. This couple tried to contact us many times again, but we had to tell them to never speak to us again. We think they were trying to put some type of curse on us or make a connection between me and their daughter in some way. Yeah. Anyway, I don't really know what happened. The story really spooks me out. I hope it spooked you too, but also please know you are protected. Whatever your beliefs are, pray with all of your heart and don't let yourself be wrapped up in something weird like this. Lots of love. Okay. Oh God, I don't even know what to say because at first I was like, this feels so clearly like a mental illness, right? Like this is psychosis. They're group hallucinations, like whatever this couple is going through together, like they've fed into each other enough that they're both in this really dark place where their reality is very different from from what others are experiencing. Yeah. But then with like the birds leaving and other people getting weird feelings and all this stuff, I'm like, what? it's like a what came first, the chicken or the egg, right? Where it's like, were these people already experiencing all of these things? And then there was some sort of like darker energy that was feeding off of this fear and chaos that lived amongst these this couple in their home? Or were there other things that happened that kind of pushed them into this state? Because it does seem like there is something paranormal also happening. I think both are happening concurrently. Well, definitely. I don't think it's strictly one or the other. I definitely think it's a combination. And I really do think like, especially like you said, it does sound in the beginning like it's a mental illness and like there's a psychosis of some sort going on. But then for boyfriend's sister who has not heard any of this to call them the next day and be like, I'm concerned about you. I feel like there is a dark presence coming after you. Like that to me is like, oh, there's 100% something dark happening. There's something. And it makes me sad. And the bird's leaving. Like that's weird. That's wild. It also makes me really sad because I think about the trauma of losing a child by suicide. Like I can't imagine how hard and difficult that is to process emotionally afterwards that I imagine this couple, you know, in their mourning and in their like processing opened themselves up to something darker, which maybe convinced them that their daughter was dark and like, which breaks my heart on so many levels, but like it does, you know, in such devastating trauma and tragedy, like there is an openness to something dark coming in. And it almost sounds like this couple, despite all the precautions they were taking, like the salt on the windows and the quartz circles and the protection prayers, it almost makes me think that they trapped it inside their home. Oh, that's an interesting theory. Like instead of keeping it out, they accidentally kept it all in. And then it festered and like became so potent and strong. And I don't know, it's like energy vortex, letting other things in too. I mean, clearly it was so strong that other people, I mean, just the presence of this person in the home for a few days led their sister to feel like they were in danger. Yeah. I hope everyone in this situation is okay. Like that really breaks me, my heart. And I hope this couple can get help because in the beginning I was like, oh, you know, maybe they're just a lonely older couple who their kids have, you know, either passed away or moved out and are lonely and 
finding some comfort in these people who are coming to help them. And that's why they're telling them all these stories. But then it turned so disturbing. What's that? This is reminding me just slightly of that book. What's that book where a girl goes missing on her walk and she's like missing for 12 years or something like that? And she's the spoiler is that you you like get to hear her perspective and her mom's perspective, her mom looking for her. I don't know. And almost like figuring out what happens to her. And then you get to hear the girl's perspective of being kidnapped by this person who sees like a daughter in her and basically keeps her captive until she passes. What is this? Oh God, I'll figure it out. Okay. Let me give it a really quick Google and then let me see. Okay. It also reminds me of that story from one season of Something Was Wrong. Tiffany Reese did like every episode was like a different something was wrong type of story. And there was one about this couple whose apartment burnt down. And so they like really like they had to like scramble to find a new place to live. And they found a Craigslist listing and it was like this elderly couple who had a guest house and they were like, we just want company basically like have dinner with us like live in our guest house and have dinner with us and they were like this is too good to be true like there's got to be some catch and then sure enough like there's some really weird shit that starts to happen like they're they swim nude in the pool and they clearly are swingers they have like sex parties in their house like they wanted this couple to be a part of it wait what is it this is a book no this is a true story that was told on something was wrong oh gosh I haven't gotten to that season yet. Clearly, I need to keep listening. Okay, the thing... Sorry, I gave like so many spoilers, but the book <laughs> is still worth... I basically told you everything that happened, <laughs> but the book is st- it's still worth reading because it was really good. It's called Then She Was Gone by Lisa Jewell. Oh, I've read that. Or I have it. I literally have, I have it on my... I'm sure I told you to read it because I read it. I read it. You finished this book December 14th, 2021. So I read it two years ago. So I probably told you to get it because it's so good. I love all the Lisa Jewell books. Lisa Jewell, Ruth Ware, Riley Sager, AJ Finn. Yeah, Ruth Ware. Oh, all of those so are so good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, what do you have to wrap us up? This is The Haunting of My Family started with David Copperfield. <laughs> like the magician? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's what it's called. Hello, almighty and spooky ghostesses. My story begins in the overly sunny city of El Paso, Texas, at an age that I no longer remember. As best as I can remember, though, I was between the ages of six and nine, I'm now 33, and I did not have a care in the world. Elementary school, Mario, and Mega Man were the only things this chubby kid could have ever cared about. (laughs) That is, until one fateful night, my family decided to watch motherfucking David Copperfield, back when he had a show that would show up on primetime TV. Now, Mr. Copperfield's show used to be amazing. Tons of audience interaction, plenty of close-up magic, and of course, mind-boggling disappearance acts. I think he did either the Statue of Liberty or a commercial jet in one of those episodes, but I digress. At the end of this one particular episode, he presented a layout of different cards on the screen. My sister, Margie, decided to participate. Me and my family watched in amazement as the cards that she picked or moved were replicated by the magic man on the screen. He had asked for the person participating to place their finger on the TV screen. The game goes on until the mystery is solved. I honestly cannot remember the premise of the game, but his final words were something along the line of, the murderer is in the kitchen or something to that effect. Literally, as soon as he said those words, 
we heard a plate shift in the motherfucking kitchen. <laughs> now, none of us really thought anything of it. My parents chalked it up to being a coincidence as the dishes had just been washed. How wrong we were there. And it all started with me. On the fateful night that things finally kicked off, I can't remember how soon after the kitchen plate incident happened, I had the absolute most terrifying thing in my life happen. Quick layout of the haunting grounds. We lived in a fairly small apartment, about 15 feet by 35 feet or so. Walking in through the front door and turning right, you could see a split hall. Go to the left and you walk through the bedroom, no doors, open space, but with a massive window. If you continued, you would walk into the bathroom. Thankfully, that did have a door. And eventually, you would be in the back room. If you went right at the fork, you would hit the hallway with two closet doors, a doorway into the kitchen, and another door into the back room. My siblings and I slept on bunk beds in a T-shape to maximize room for activities. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I know. With the foot of the bottom bunk facing the windows. Needless to say, feng shui was never heard of here. No, no. (laughs) I love it. It's like sleep is the most unimportant part of this room. It's about room for activities. I get it. Yes. Stepbrothers. I remember that night my sisters had gone to a concert across the border in Juarez. My mom decided to sleep on the couch so that she could make sure that she heard them when they got home. I slept on the bottom bunk, feet towards the window. Now, as I mentioned, this was El Paso or Hell Paso, especially during the summer months. It was hot, hot. I slept with a thin bed sheet as a cover as I liked being tucked in but also not being covered in buckets of sweat. I would tuck the cover under my legs and leave a space between my legs because that's just what I did. I couldn't tell you what hour it was as there were far more pressing matters at hand when shit went down, but I was awoken to what felt like someone stepping on the bed between my legs. Like it felt like the sheet was being pushed down. I bolted out of the bed. I ran the less than five feet to my mom and I told her what happened. She didn't believe me, though, and she said it was my imagination going wild from playing video games. I swore it wasn't, but she sent me back to bed. I don't remember if I fell back to sleep or if shit just happened, but I was woken up again to feeling like something that I could not see was holding my arms above my head. I was still on my back and my eyes were open. I could see nothing but darkness and the faint light coming in through the window, and then I heard it. A healthy exhale slash growl that was right in my ear. A healthy growl? Oh, sorry. A breathy. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, I, I'm glad that this demon is good health. <laughs> no, sorry. But but I guess <laughs> still kind of works. Okay. Sorry. A breathy exhale slash growl that was right in my ear. If you've seen the exorcism of Emily Rose, imagine my surprise when I watched the dorm room scene where the exact same thing happened. No. I rushed back to my mom. I told her again, and she still didn't believe me. Oh. I couldn't sleep the rest of the night, and having to get up to use the restroom, I noticed that the door kept creeping open whilst I was on the pot. So the night transpired, and about a week later, I woke up to my mom freaking out. Apparently, she was asking my sister if her friend had left before breakfast, to which my sister vehemently replied that she had no one over. My mother swore that she saw two bodies under the cover, and my sister then said, I thought that was you, mom. You were so cold, so I covered you. Wait, stop. (sighs) Like, she was sharing the bed with who she thought was her mother? Yes. And she was so cold, she put blankets over her. Over the thing. Over the person. Oh, my gosh. And then her mom came in. And thought it was a friend in the bed. (sighs) Being staunchly Catholic, my mom tried to put the event behind her. 
And then she was awoken by a horrible looking man while she was asleep on the couch. No one knew what she was talking about until sometime later, my nephew, who was being babysat at the time, drew a picture, which he left unassumingly at the couch that my mom was asleep on. She woke up terrified and said, that's the man. The last real occurrence there was the night that my parents heard knocking on the back room door on the bathroom side. Supposedly, my father yelled, come in, as he assumed it was one of the kids and nothing. Then they heard the knocking on the kitchen door to the back room. Same call out, same response of nothingness from whatever it was. I moved to Washington State about eight years ago. I have relatively recently been told by my mom that the home is actually pretty peaceful now. Whether something is attached to me and has since gotten bored and fucked off, or whether it was attached to my POS father, we will never know. But I do know that I've started experiencing sleep paralysis on a small scale again. Nothing in comparison to how it used to be, but... Thank you nonetheless. Part of me really misses nightmares. <laughs> Thank you very much for sharing my story and for letting me share it from Joe. Wait, until misses nightmares? I guess so. Part of me really misses nightmares. Is it I'd rather that than sleep paralysis or just like likes nightmares? I think maybe just, yeah, there's something about child, something about the horror of a nightmare and haunting that reminds you of your childhood brings back the memories. <laughs> Nothing like your heart racing in your sleep. Or maybe it was sarcasm. Maybe. this. I feel like there's so many things to unpack here because the fact that it started with the David, Co- David Copperfield saying the murderers in the kitchen. Like to me, if I were a ghost and I'm watching this show and I hear that, I'm like, oh, I'm going to be spooky. Like I'm going to be a spooky little ghost and I'm going to make some activity in the kitchen to spook them all out. But then the fact that it like just became more and more active, it was like darker. Getting into bed in a physical form and being there for so long, like it's beyond just the presence. It's not, it's not like Joe's sister just like felt her mom or who she thought was her mom being cold and whipped the blankets around. It It sounds like she placed the blankets over a body, maybe just didn't look at her face. And then the mom came in sometime later, saw that same body, cuddled up, snuggled up to her daughter. Hate it. Hate it so much. Me too. I am glad it stopped. I wonder if David Copperfield knows what he did. He's responsible. <laughs> the magic awoken, awakened. Awakened. Words. Wait, can you give me your healthiest growl? I want to hear a healthy growl. That still makes sense. Like, you know, when people say like, oh, it was a healthy scream, you know? I don't know. Really? You've never heard that? A healthy scream? Yeah. Or like a healthy laugh. Like it's it's used to describe something as like being full. I've heard it with like... Yeah, like, well, I've heard like a hearty laugh, but I've never heard a healthy. Really? Yeah. Maybe it's a New England thing. I've like heard healthy as like a descriptor for like things, but not necessarily a growl. Yeah, it's just like full and there's a lot of voice, you know, it's not like a coughing cigarette voice or like a a meek little or like your voice cracking or anything. It's like big and full bodied. Let me hear, let me hear your healthiest growl. That was healthy. That's a healthy growl. Can I give you an unhealthy growl? Yeah. <laughs> that that's that's a growl. That's a gargle. <laughs> that's a gargle. That's giving me a smoker's cough. That's that's like my dog wrinkles when he was alive and he didn't want attention, but you would like creep up to his bed and he'd be like, "Get the fuck away from me." <laughs> Okay, well, this was fantastic, and I love hearing ghost stories, so we're going to continue doing this forever and ever and ever until 
Even after <laughs> all of you tell us to stop, we're just going to keep doing it. So. And to wear ghosts. Honestly, would love to continue it when we're dead. Please email us your ghost stories, whatever it may be. Uh, email them to us at two girls, one ghost podcast at gmail.com and rate and review us on iTunes. Tell all your friends about us because this is a pyramid scheme. And we know the pyramid scheme is working because we've met a lot of pyramid scheme inductees while on tour. Also, if you want to support us even further or just see what we're up to, follow us on social media. We have Instagram, we have TikTok, we have a website, we have things. We have things. YouTube. Watch us on YouTube. Yes. Uh, thank you to our editor and to our team. We're so grateful for all of your help. And thank you to all of you for listening. And we love you. We will see you on, on the other, other side. side.